Okay, folks, I need four volunteers. One, two, three, four. Living object lessons right in front of you. I've got one, two, three, four would mean one more. To be clear, I don't really do math, but I can count up to four. I need one more. Excellent. Go ahead and come on up. Thanks, Carrie. Um, so uh, let's see how we're going to place you guys here. Uh, let's just think about this for a second. Um, do, do you have pockets that you can fold out there? That you can pull out? No. no. Do you have? Can you pull your pockets out? He's all like shifting his stuff around. Everybody's like checking. Okay, good. So you're going to be number two. Uh, Virgil, we'll have you be number one. Um, uh, oh, come on. Thank you, John. <laughs> come here. You can be number three. And uh, Carrie, you can be number four. That was a total brain lapse right there. My goodness. Okay, so, so here's what we're going to do. Um, these four guys are going to help us to... Uh, oh, here's a receipt. Is this... Do you need this? Oh, no, it's a cough drop thing. Never mind. I mean, if... Uh, Never mind. Uh, <laughs> living object lessons. Um, so, so here's what we're going to do. Um, we're, we're trying to take a snapshot of four different people. And my hope is along the way that, that number one hope, right, number one goal is that you'll see yourself in one of these folks. And, and that as you see yourself in one of these folks and what we're going to do to them, I mean with them, I mean whatever, as you see yourself in one of these folks, um, you'll have a chance to do two things. You'll have a chance to admit your own sin and, and number two, you'll, you'll have a chance to rejoice in the gospel, in the good news of who Jesus is and what he's done for you, right? So, so snapshot of who you are and, and be able to admit, confess your sin, but also rejoice in the gospel. My secondary sort of hope or goal, hear this, secondary, is that you'll see somebody else in one of these snapshots. I think that we too often go to, hey, so-and-so needs to hear this. My first hope for you is that you see yourself, right? And if you get around to seeing somebody else, that's fine. Uh, my hope is that you'll be equipped and have some language today to speak the gospel, the good news to somebody else in your life that needs to hear it. Because you'll probably see a snapshot of somebody up here and you say, oh, that person's really struggling with that. And rather than thump them over the head with the law, you can just speak the gospel to them and say, oh, here's the great good news about who God is and what he's done. All right, so, so that's my hope, right? First hope is that you see your, yourself. Second hope, if you get around to it, is fine, is that you see someone else. All right, so I just want to be clear about that. Um, so, so our first, uh, fir first snapshot here, is, uh, we're just going to, I'm going to throw this over you. Is that okay? All right, good. That's perfect, actually. So um, we're going to throw this over, over Virgil. And, uh, and the reason that he's doing this, right, you might wrap yourself in a blanket because you're cold, but that's not what's happening here. I don't know if he's actually cold or not, but that's not why he's wrapping himself in a blanket. He's wrapping himself in a blanket because he is afraid. It was actually helpful that he kind of did, did that afraid motion. Uh, specifically, he's afraid of other people. He's afraid of what people might think about him. He's afraid of, uh, of how other people might perceive him. And so Virgil needs to hear the great good news, the gospel truth that God is glorious so we don't have to be afraid of anyone else. We started to talk about that a lot last week, the last couple of weeks actually. We've looked at what it means that God is glorious. Um, when we live like this, what we're doing is we're giving more weight to what other people say and think about us 
than we're giving to God. Um, when we live like this, what we're doing is um, uh, we, are, we are living in fear. Let's say it this way. We are trying to gain the approval of other people, um, which, by the way, is not bad, but what we're trying to do is gain the approval of other people more than we're trying to gain the approval of God. Um, we do that for good reason. We talked about this in Bible class. We try to gain the approval of other people uh, because there's some kind of reward attached to it. If I gain the approval of my boss, then I get job security or a promotion or a raise. If I gain the approval of my spouse, um, then there's a level of peace in my life and in my household, right? So, so there's some kind of immediate reward attached to gaining the approval of other people. And so what happens is we very often sort of maybe live in fear of how other people might, might perceive us. Um, when we live like this, we give more weight to what other people say about us or think about us than, what, than, than maybe caring about what God says about us and what God thinks about us. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, take the blanket off of you just so you can actually breathe again. Is that okay? Here, I'll just hold that for now. Thank you. Um, uh, so so we, when we live like this, you don't have to raise your hand, but again, coming back to goal number one, you might see yourself in this, right? We need the good news, the gospel truth, right? That God is glorious, and so we do not have to be afraid of anyone or anything. Romans chapter 8 tells us the incredible truth um, that we have a Jesus who died and rose again and then what? Ascended into heaven and he is at the right hand of God. <clears throat> that means that he's in the seat of power. <laughs> that means that there's no one that has ever lived before. There's no one that's living right now and there's no one that ever will live that has more power and more control than he has. It, it means that Jesus is the greatest being ever. Right? There's no one and nothing bigger than Jesus. He's at the right hand of God. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. And now he's at the right hand of God. And, and, and that means that we do not have to be afraid of other people. Did, did you see the rest of what it said in Romans chapter 8? It says that he is for us. This one that is at the right hand of God is for you. It says that he loves you unconditionally, so much that there is nothing that would stop him from coming to you. Not even the cross, not even death can stop him from getting to you. And it tells us that he's already justified you. That's the language that Romans 8 uses. Um, to be justified is, is, a, is simply like, like a judge slamming the gavel down and declaring you righteous, declaring you right with him, declaring you good with him connected to him. So, so just see this, right? Anytime that, that the fear of man, that the fear of people begins to raise in our hearts, anytime that we, that we begin to, to desire the approval of people around us more than we desire the approval of God, the great good news for us, the gospel truth is that God is glorious. There is no one and nothing bigger than him. And that means that we do not have to be afraid of other people. Amen? There's three more objects, so don't take that amen as though we are done. 
Um, okay, uh, second guy, uh, that's good. You've got the pockets hanging out there. And uh, would you just kind of slump your shoulders and stick your hands out a little bit? Good, <laughs> that's perfect. Um, so so um, what Pat is struggling with is, uh, is the good news that God is good and there's nothing more satisfying than him. Um, uh, this person, when, when they look back at 2019, what they might see is the times of lack, uh, the things that stand out in their memories, in their brains, the thing that stands out the most is their seasons of lack. They lack maybe resources, they lack money, they lack uh, food, uh, maybe they lack some kind of uh, ability or capacity to handle the problems or the struggles in front of them, right, uh, that they have right now. So, so this person is struggling with some kind of lack, and when we live like this, we, we very often uh, always have kind of an if only. Have you ever had that? L like life is really not that bad, but you kind of say, oh, if only I had this, then life would be just a little bit better. If only I had a little bit more quiet. <laughs> if only I had a little bit more chocolate. If only I had a little bit more fill in the blank, right? If only I had a little bit more, then life would be just a little bit better. Um, when we live like this, we're constantly trying to grab a hold of more uh, because uh, we just kind of have this thing that says, uh, that, you know, we have these earthly and worldly desires that wants more. And so we try to grab a hold of more money or more food or more sex or fill in the blank, right? Whatever but whatever we sort of search for and try to grab a hold of, we just try to grab a hold of, of more when we live like this. Um, it, snapshot? Um, we, we need to know that God is good, so there's nothing more satisfying than him. Uh, just see the language in Romans chapter 8, right? Romans chapter 8 tells us that God did not spare the thing that was most precious to him, his one and only son. And that since God did not spare his one and only son, will he not also give you all things? Right? It's kind of this language uh, from the greatest to the least. Um, one commentator said it really well. He said, it's like a, a man buys a car, a really expensive car, and he drives it once, but when it runs out of gas, he leaves it on the side of the road because he doesn't want to spend the gas, the money for the gas, right? I mean, it's just kind of a silly thought if we really think about it. This is what God, the, the, this is where the good news comes in, right? Because God buys the car and he spends the money for the gas, God gives everything to buy you. Will he not also give you things that you need to get through daily life? So, so look, in the seasons of lack, in the seasons when we just want more, in the seasons when we turn to worldly things, earthly things, instead of to God, we need the good news gospel truth that God is good and there is nothing more satisfying than him. Amen? Um, can you put your face in your hands, John? Um, this person needs to hear the great, good gospel truth that God is gracious. That God is gracious. Um, when we look back at our life, sometimes all we see is the mistakes, the stuff that we messed up. We see our sin. When we look back, sometimes all we see is, is the, the, the people that we hurt, the mistakes that we made, and the failures that we had. 
Um, when we live like this, we're, we're very often, um, uh, we, we view other people and God as though they're, you know, arms crossed watching over us for us to make a mistake, right? Um, when, when we live like this, it's kind of this constant uh, fear of I'm never good enough or I won't be good enough. Um, it, it, when we live like this, we have this sense that we have to earn it. I've got to earn my relationship with God. I've got to earn my way into heaven. I've got to earn people's favor around me. We need to hear the great, good gospel truth that God is gracious. So we don't have to be ashamed, and we don't have to earn God's approval. Uh, Romans chapter 8 uh, has this beautiful language. I, I want to make sure I get it right. Um, he, he says, who shall bring any charge against you? Who shall bring any charge against you? That's what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 8. Who shall bring any charge against you? That, that's incredibly powerful language because it's kind of this thing of uh, Paul is saying, look, who's going to go into the presence of God and point their finger at you and say, look at what they did? And Paul's drawing that out because nobody's going to have the audacity to do that for a couple of different reasons. Number one, God's already forgiven all those things. He's wiped them clean. He's given you a clean slate. He's already announced you justified and right and good with him. The second reason is because of who's standing at the right hand of God. Who's going to walk into the presence of God and make eye contact with Jesus and see the nail marks in his hands and the nail marks in his feet and say, uh, did you see what so-and-so did? Nobody can accuse you. Nobody can, can call you guilty. Nobody can heap shame on you because God is gracious. He's already forgiven those sins. He's washed them clean. God is gracious, and so you do not have to be ashamed. God is gracious. You do not have to earn his approval. He's given you his approval through his son, Jesus. Amen? Fourth one, uh, you got this by default because you have longer hair, and none of them have hair. <clears throat> so um, can you just kind of like uh, hold, your, hold your hair out a little bit, just kind of act like you're pulling your hair out? Perfect. Yes, that's, that's good. Um, uh, th this person needs to hear the great good gospel truth that God is great, and so we do not have to be in control, and we don't have to worry. Um, uh, this person, uh, when we live like this, we are trying to control things, and we realize how little control we actually have. You ever had one of those moments where, where you're like trying to arrange everything and getting it all in order and you realize as you're doing that, this is a futile effort because there's so many other factors out there that we can't control. Everything is out of my control. Um, uh, when we live like this, we are trying to be great uh, because we think that we should be. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to, to, to perform and to do great things uh, because we're not sure that anybody else can be great. Or, or maybe not as great as me. I mean, we don't really have that kind of prideful spirit probably, but, but, but there's something in us that says, I, I've got to be great in this moment. I've got to be great for this person. I've got to be great for this situation. 
when we live like this, we're probably experiencing the, the tribulation and the distress and the persecution and the famine and the nakedness and the danger and the sword that we saw in Romans chapter 8. When we live like this, worry upon worry upon worry is heaping onto our hearts. And boy, do we need to hear the gospel truth that God is great. So we don't have to worry. We don't have to be in control. The, the, the language in Romans chapter 8, right, is that Jesus died and he what, was raised to life. There's nothing greater than that resurrection morning. There's nothing greater than a God who has power over the most powerful things, over sin, death, and the devil. Right? There's nothing greater than a God who does great things throughout the course of history on Easter morning, and we're about to hear some of those great things in just a couple of minutes when we share our God sightings. There's nothing greater than a God who does great things consistently in the world that we live in. God is great, so we don't have to be in control. We don't have to worry. We don't have to pull out our hair because we can trust in him and his greatness. <clears throat> Remember, he is sitting at the right hand of God. And as he sits at the right hand of God, he is, uh, he, he is he's nudging God saying, hey, he needs great things done today. Hey, hey, will you do this great thing in his life? This is what Jesus is doing in the presence of God right now. He's interceding for you and on your behalf. Thank you uh, for pulling out your hair. I appreciate it. Uh, they don't have any hair to pull out, so it's terrible. <clears throat> two, two things, right? To come back to num goal number one, snapshot of yourself. Um, it was pretty interesting watching you and seeing uh, the different people that your eyes and your hearts were engaged with as you saw yourself and said, oh, that's me. Um, it might be you for your whole life. It might have been you in 2019. It might just be you this morning. This morning is an opportunity to just take a snapshot and, and, and be honest and real with yourself and, and sort of say, hey, God, I'm sorry that I've gone astray. I'm sorry that I give more weight to other people. I'm sorry that, I, that I'm always looking to grab a hold of more worldly stuff. I'm, I, I'm, I'm sorry that I doubt your forgiveness and your grace, and, and I'm sorry that I try to control. But it's also an incredible opportunity to come back to the gospel, good news, truth, and to let that be the foundation from which you launch into 2020, right? That, that we come back to the gospel, good news, truth, that God is glorious. There's no one and nothing bigger than him. That we come back to the gospel, good news, truth, that God is good. He gives you all that you need. To come back to the gospel, good news, truth, that God is gracious. And he's forgiven you, and he loves you. To come back to the gospel, good news, truth, that God is great. And he does great things throughout history, but also in the life of his people still today and into tomorrow. Uh, look, we won't be able to sort of remedy these things on our own. 
Um, we can't just sort of say, oh, I'm going to stop being afraid of other people. And we can't really stop the wants and desires that we have, and, and we can't stop, you know, remembering our mistakes, and, and we won't be able to stop trying to be in control. That's what makes this such good news. It's not dependent on you doing something. This is all about who God is and what God has done. Amen? Amen. Hey, let's, uh, let's uh, thank our helpers and uh, send them back to their seats. I'll take that. <laughs> let's say a word of prayer and uh, we'll just thank God for the great good news of, uh, of, of, his, of his love uh, Lord Jesus we are so uh, incredibly thankful uh, thankful for the opportunity to, to hear the gospel truth to hear the good news that you've been working since the beginning of time, the, the good news that Jesus so clearly shows us, and the good news that we can live in each and every day of our life. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your greatness. We thank you for your glory. Now, these are things that give us hope. These are things that lift our eyes. These are things that change us and the world around us. And so we thank you, we praise you for who you are and all that you have done. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said. <laughs>